The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. We can start uh, with a short period of silent meditation, and then at some point I'll switch to a guided meditation. Then as we continue sitting here, bring to mind some person in your life who has been a benefactor and see if you can bring up someone for whom the relationship is quite uncomplicated. Someone who has supported you, benefited you in your life. And it's been a pretty simple, straight relationship easy to appreciate this person's support for you. As you bring to mind a benefactor, perhaps you can remember something concrete about this person, specific thing they did for you or particular way in which they saw you, attitude. And maybe you can bring also to mind, if it's easy for you, an image of the person maybe smiling or the twinkle in their eyes or seeing this person contented, happy, safe. And then as you consider this person, can you find inside of yourself the idea that it would be really nice if this person indeed could be happy, could be contented or safe and well. that it would please you that this could be the case. And then perhaps almost as if the person, if they knew that you had their welfare in mind, they would know, that would be a happy knowledge for them. 
just knowing that you wish them well. And then very quietly in your own mind, as a way of maybe giving voice to your well-wishing of this person, repeat silently the following phrases. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be at ease. And if there's some way you can get into this more deeply by imagining the person sitting in front of you, or if you can feel your heart open to the person, keeping the sense of the person here present for you in your mind, quietly continue saying the phrases to this person. If the phrases are not quite right for you, you're welcome to change the words. You're also welcome to just say the last word as a shorthand for the whole thing. And then taking a deep breath and letting go of this person for now. And then see if you can bring to mind a friend. Someone for whom the relationship is pretty easy right now. 
good friend, someone for whom maybe it would be relatively easy for you to have well-wishing thoughts, to wish them well, to think how wonderful it would be if this person could be happy, contented, peaceful, safe. Someone for whom you'd be happy to do a favor, support. Maybe bringing the person to mind as an image or as some sense of the person being here sitting in front of you. Seeing if you can find any intention or wish for the welfare of this person. And if you do, then give expression to that intention with the phrases. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be at ease. Stay with the phrases enough that you can stay focused, but not so much that you get tired or contracted. Maybe getting into a rhythm of the simple phrases or the words.
And you're welcome to think of some other friend if you'd like. <clears throat> Move on to someone else. And then letting go of category of friends. If you can find someone that you know that would more, more or less fit into the category of a neutral person, meaning you don't really know them much, you don't really have any basis for <clears throat> liking or not liking or particularly could be someone you see at the store who works there and could be some neighbor down the street or could be anyone for whom you don't know personally don't have any reason for being for or against or even though maybe in principle you like everyone but fairly neutral about this person. <clears throat> and think about this person. Maybe you have an image of the person, what they look like, their face. Here's a person who has many of the same life experiences of you, of being born and growing up challenges of life, losses and gains. And see if you can find within yourself the idea that it would be nice if this person could be happy or peaceful, contented. Maybe you can even imagine what this person would look like if he or she was happy.
And with this idea, this wish, that it would be nice if this person could be well, offer your well-wishing through simple words. May you be happy. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be at ease. And then continue with this neutral person. You might consider maybe turning up the corner of your lips ever so slightly in a smile as you do this. And now, have this neutral person take a seat in a circle of chairs. And imagine that in this little circle, there's the friends that you did loving kindness towards, and there's a benefactor that you did. And these people are sitting here in a circle with you, sitting in front of you. And maybe you can imagine them, that you're in the presence of all of them. And here's your chance to relax, open your heart, open your mind. Just to meet them with a friendly attitude. To have a sense of friendship or goodwill or kindness, generosity to the whole group, your benefactors, friends, neutral people. May all of you be happy. May all of you be safe. May all of you be healthy.
may all of you be at ease. And then for a little longer, continue opening your heart, opening your goodwill, smiling on these people, smiling on your heart. Giving voice to some idea that would be good if they could all be happy. And then taking a deep breath or two and letting go of doing this loving kindness practice. And then sitting here for a minute or so, not doing anything in particular except letting how you are show itself to you.
So that's the <clears throat> following the sequence of the classic instructions where you first start with yourself, which we did earlier in the morning, and then a person would you go on to a benefactor. From a benefactor, one would go to a friend, and a friend would view a neutral person. And there's, uh, it's possible to stay for a long time with each of these categories. It's not like you have to go through them that quickly. Could you spend, you spend weeks on one category? Weeks with a benefactor, and weeks with uh, the friends. And part of the function of doing this structural kind of formal practice like this is that not only are you developing your kindness, your goodwill, but you're also using it to, to develop concentration. So you're trying to, you're doing something very particular sequence, um, very particular words, repeating it over and over again. So you can keep the focus on this activity of goodwill, of loving kindness, without getting distracted. And it's not easy to do, but as you do that, uh, distractions start begin to fade away. And then more and more, the primary concern, or the only concern in your mind, is your goodwill for someone else. Isn't that nice? You know, otherwise, you know, often our minds are jumping around with many concerns. And in this article that I referred to earlier, um, they have this um, term, <clears throat> and the people who do this kind of research in meditation, um, the, they call it the default network node, mode. The default mode network, DMN. And default, um, the default mode network. I think this is what the Buddhism we meditation we call discursive thinking, or papancha. <clears throat> that the ordinary distracted mind that just wanders around, doesn't do it. You know, that uh, that's the mind that involves certain parts of the brain. That kind of activity. And as we meditate, we're trying to bring into play other functions of the mind. So there's a particular part of the brain that operates when we notice that we're lost in default mode network. And so that other part of the brain lights up. And then there's a different part of the brain that operates when you say, you direct your mind to stay on the subject of what you want to focus on. So different parts of the brain light up when you do that, but it's a different, it's a different activity. And the idea is to not give in to this discursive thought, not to give into the default mode where you go and you're just kind of wandering around, to notice that's what's happening, to notice what it is, and then to kind of gently choose, I'm going to come back, come back. So we do that with the uh, with loving kindness as the object. Um, some people find that it's kind of, kind of delightful to use loving kindness as an object instead of the breath. The breath. And um, So what was that like for some of you? to do those categories. Anybody like to share a little bit? Green light. Very uh, supported um, in the the last round where uh, I was imagining everybody sitting in seats 
in the circle, but there was one seat that was empty. And that seat would have been the person who was... The difficult person. Difficult. And I was just waiting for that shoe to drop. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was all set for that person to walk in the room and sit in that seat. So I'm looking forward to uh, that part of the program. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. easier to do it this way than towards yourself? Or was the self easier? Um, what I keep coming back to is that is my expectations. So usually when I practice with friends, it's really easy. And today it was not. And, and there's resistance with that, you know? And, and so... Um, yeah, it was actually easier to do myself today. And uh, I guess it's just kind of interesting to watch as, you know, I keep, ex- like, I, I expect my meditation experiences to be a certain way. And uh, it keeps changing. And so yeah. I guess I know that's the point, but there, it's, it's like almost every time it's like there's this resistance that comes up. Like, I. Like I want to, like I want to, you know, wish them well. I want, you know, I want those feelings of connection and joy. And but. Right. great. So it's very important when there, there, there's, you know, we're not it's not going the way we wanted to wanted to go. To not see it as a mistake or as a problem, but to actually be welcoming of that and as an opportunity to get to understand something about yourself, something that needs to maybe be addressed and understood. That it wouldn't have, you wouldn't have noticed otherwise. So you have this resistance around friends right now. So what does that teach you? What can you study? What can you learn about yourself? What needs to be worked through? What needs to happen there? Uh, as opposed to, oh shoot, I really blew it. I couldn't follow the instructions. Um, it's all good. It's, so, so part of the function, so, uh, so this book that you know, has this classic instructions called The Path of Purification. And purification is the part of the process where we have this stuff inside that's stuck and so that stuff stuck inside is going to come out. It's going to be purified. It's going to be somehow healed or something. And that process of coming out sometimes doesn't look so, you know, what we prefer. So you have a resistance, and that's part of the purification process is to encounter that and work with it in a wise way, maybe. Well, I was going through the process and choosing a person who was, for example, a benefactor. And then, in some way, they weren't. And that was true of each of the categories. I'd choose someone, and I, it was a, yeah, but. And so I got more and more confused about uh, the whole thing. Oh, the, the, what, what, what was it about the but part? Like, they were... Well, if someone was a benefactor, but at some time they they uh, hurt me or did yeah. something that wasn't beneficial, 
and I'd, I'd flash on that. Mm-hmm. So that, that, got, that, that gets in the way then. Uh, yes. <clears throat> so, that's yes. A, so this is part of the slow process is that, uh, we, remember, remember I said we start where it's easy, but then as we make it, pl- we move through more difficult categories, people, we come into those people where there's, there's a but. And then, and then, well, I'm not sure I really want to open my heart that much after all. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but then, what, is, what, is it, what would it look like to have goodwill, friendliness to this person, even though the pers- there were some rough edges, rough patches in your relationship? Is it possible? Is it interesting? What would it take? So, working, uh, exploring that and questioning that, and not just <clears throat> letting things just be the way they are because they're justified. <laughs> um, what does it take to open your heart? What does it take, take to love unconditionally? And how do you do that in a wise way? Not yet. Not yet? Not yet. It's a great path to be on, to learn to do it. Okay, so, quiet group now. We'll have you talk then, to each other. So... um, So I thought it might, might be nice to have groups of four. And, uh, and in that group of four, just have a uh, uh, go around the circle. So you take turns going talking. And, um, and don't each of you talk for very long, but rather say what you need to say, then the question I'm going to give you. And then just uh, go around. And, um, and the more you can let other people talk, the more you can be influenced in a good way by what people say sparks ideas and associations. And then with your turn, you, have, you offer something for the group mind to consider and just go around and see. And um, so the question is, um, why not have unconditional positive regard for benefactors and friends? No, no, that's not, I don't know why not. I don't, don't come up with reasons why not. The, 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 I guess in English that that expression "why not" can work two ways. <laughs> so, so what I mean to say is, um, 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 uh, how could you? How can you? How could you? So those are problems. <laughs> well, I'm just gonna, maybe I don't know English well enough to say this. <laughs> so, so how how can, how can you? Uh, or in what way would it be beneficial? What ways could you find to have unconditional positive regard to benefactors and friends? What are the circumstances and what ways is a good idea? What, are the, what ways can you kind of come to that kind of idea that, at least in principle, it's a great thing to do? What would it take to be willing to consider unconditional positive regard to benefactors and friends. So this is not a conversation about why it's not a good idea and all the exceptions when you shouldn't. (laughs) Uh, Gil doesn't understand about my friends. This is really a conversation about uh, how it could work, when it could work, what are the supports for it, what are the understandings that supports having unconditional positive regard for others. Does that make sense? And um, so groups of four, and if you don't find a group of four, why don't you walk towards me, then that'll work itself out.
So is um, <clears throat> having unconditional positive regards for benefactors and friends a good idea? I'm not convinced. <laughs> Who's going to try to convince me? Yes? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, what? <coughs> no, what I was saying is that that's an abstract idea for me, uh, unconditional positive regard. And I can, I can say that as a, and hold it as an abstract idea. But in the real everyday life, um, what I have to struggle with is ambivalence. What I have to struggle with is being loyal to people when I don't have, you know, I, I, I love them and I care for them deeply and I have compassion for the human condition they're caught in and I think they make rotten decisions, okay. as an example. Oh, great. So this is reasonable that you should think this way, but it doesn't help me. So who's going to try to convince me that un- unconditional positive regard is a good idea or how, how to have it? Or It makes you feel really, really good. It makes you what? It makes you feel so good. Oh, good. Oh, and it improves good. your relationships. It improves my relationships. Just, just talk to her. One thing is that um, it's it's something I want. It's something I yearn for. And so what I noticed when I was doing it was like there was some doubt. Come, come, oh, that, what's going on with that person? Uh, but then it was just like there was this one moment where it was like, oh, you know, I just want to like mm. have them, just love them. And then it came back, and it was like, oh. But I just noticed in the coming and going of that feeling of like love, un- unconditional love, was like. Part of the tension I feel with them is like w- really wanting to oh. feel that way about them, but it's dangerous to do it. it there, there's not, yeah, it's, there, it's, there's, not, it's not welcomed or too complicated. Yeah, but the sense I had as you talked about that, it's a lot of work not to. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like a re- it's a relief. It was a relief. It was like oh, yeah. you know, I was like because oh, I could also see like I never saw that I felt that way. Too, mm. I sort of like I would have you know I would sort of say I would describe the relationship otherwise with you know I might tell another story about that but I like really realize like oh what you want to do what the easy thing to do would be just relax and have it right but that has its own problems but at least you're relaxed mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so so it's something we uh, that I want great okay nice very nice something you so so I should want it too but someone else help me out why should I want that. So I'm, I'm relaxed, my relationships go better, it feels good. It's not enough for me, I kind of want more. <laughs> um, where I work, uh, I don't know if people are meditating, but there are like three people who seem to do this. You know, they seem to see the positive point of other people and notice if someone's a little down, you know. And uh, one thing about it is it amplifies, you know, it gets reflected back and forth and amplifies itself. Mm. So that's a good point. Ah, so if you if someone sees your good points, you're more likely to see their, their good points, and then it goes back and forth. It grows. And yeah. In a workplace, maybe grows very nicely. Yeah. So far, so good. <laughs> nice. Not good. Mm-hmm. Not enough to convince me. I'm a, I'm right. going to be a hard skeptic here today. Okay. <laughs>
This love thing, boy. Yeah, yeah. let's hear. <laughs> Trudy's trying to give it away. <laughs> Since you're um, not convinced, what's happening with you right now? (laughs) (laughs) Well, to be honest, I was hoping to find out what you guys have learned. (laughs) I'm playing teacher. about the um, it, when I that, some sort of positive regard and then something happens and I react and I withdraw that positive regard. It's like, oh, look at that. You know, your rubber band has gone past its elasticity. <laughs> and that's a good thing to, to see. It's like, oh, when this happens, I react in some other way. Great. This is important to see all this. So here's a question for you. Uh, there's a difference between having unconditional positive regard, having metta or loving kindness, privately in your own meditation towards your friends and benefactors to anyone. No one knows you're doing it and no one, you know, you're not opening your door to them to come into your house. You're not having to interact with them. You're just sitting there with your eyes closed and, and you're opening your heart unconditionally. That's one thing. The other thing is when you have to engage with them at work or other places, then of course it gets more complicated, Right? So, and then, you, then we have our doubts. We said, okay, should I do it? Or, wait a minute, that person stepped on my foot yesterday. You know, all these things, right? And um, uh, uh, if we can put aside the real-world application of this, is there benefit <clears throat> to only doing it in meditation where it's safe to have unconditional positive regard? Is it, does it have any value just there? And there, you know... Well, if you shake your head too much, you have to say why. <laughs> yes. I, I think that's a valuable thing, is that you, you create a feeling in yourself. Yes. And you create a firm foundation for you to work with. So that if you go and you establish metta, and you've got this field of metta that you're inhabiting, you're you're stabilizing yourself so that when you go out into the world, you're not as wonky as you would be as if you were grousing to yourself the whole time that you were sitting. I see. And if you're not so wonky, what happens when it gets complicated, these relationships, because, you know, people do funny things? You notice. You notice. You're more likely to be wise than if you were if you were wonky. So that's a good reason. I like this. So it creates a good foundation for going into the world in a nice place. Yes? Well, I, 
There's something is funky there too. That one's not being. Yeah. It hasn't been its meta. <laughs> but I have unconditional positive regard for it. <laughs> um, I, w- I would uh, think that it would allow you to get to where, um, Marilyn, what you were talking about, that if you were in some way apprehensive about having that level of loving feelings for other people, you could experience it without fear in your meditation. You can really relax and open up yeah. and let it flow. Yeah. And then later you can consider what's wise, but at least in meditation right. you have that ability. That's right. I think it would also um, put me or anyone in touch with um, the ways that people have loved and touched my life uh-huh. and supported me, which is always a good thing to remember. Nice. I think... Um, what happens in meditation doesn't just stay in meditation. So we might think it does, but then when we're talking to somebody or we're having a feeling about something, then what happens in meditation comes back up and helps us touch back in. That's why I don't really want to do this unconditional love thing in meditation, because then I might have unconditional love when I leave meditation, and I'll do, make all kinds of mistakes. Well, from my experience, it's guaranteed I won't have unconditional love. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it. (laughs) So then, well, then why do it? Because it moves me in that direction sometimes, and that's better than not. Mm. Great. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think that I can... Can we let go of the trying to convince you of something? (laughs) Okay. Yeah, there were a couple of things that came up for me. One is, first of all, having confidence in one's own wisdom about the outside world. And I think the other part that came to me was around... um, doing the metta practice in a way that isn't idealizing the other people. Mm. You know, like having some sense of... I have a friend who took care of me for a couple days after my surgery, and he's far from ideal. I mean, he's a lovable guy, and, you know, very helpful. And sometimes the things he does are just hilarious, and other times they just hit buttons. So in order to, I guess what I was thinking about for him was having unconditional uh, love and acceptance for the um, many, many ways in which he's incredibly human. Um, so that it's not sort of an I like he's not an idealized he's not a, friend. He's not a saint, but do you, do you, he's not a saint, but you take the whole picture in, right? And uh, somehow uh, your kindness, your goodwill towards him, takes him in as he actually is. Yeah, you, you see him realistically, but even so, you you see him with warmth. Yeah. So I think that like that that letting go of the I- idealization and also the trust of having the wisdom that 
I'm not sort of going to let myself get harmed in the real life interactions. Mm-hmm. To me, then opens up the the willingness Relax, to do that. Open up. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Jim. Um, okay my teenage self is like kicking and does not want me to say the words that I'm about to say because I was pretty rebellious but um, I really feel like there's a correlation between metta and unconditional positive regard and wholesome action Mm. and I you know it's funny, as we were talking, part of what I was thinking about were like, what are the conditions that I need to feel really deep loving kindness yeah. to my friends and benefactors? And it's trust and safety mm-hmm. and, you know, the knowledge that, you know, we all make mistakes, but that, you know, there's this kind of ultimate feeling of nobody's, nobody's out to hurt each other mm-hmm. and I can be vulnerable and they can be vulnerable and we can know that it's a safe space to do so. Mm. And I think there's a feedback loop that Mm. the more positive regard that's cultivated and the more loving kindness, the more I want to be a person who is wholesome in my actions and my words and my behavior. And, you know, they just ping pong off each other. Mm -hmm. Nice. That's very nice. And um, so, you know, it's... uh, I don't know how... uh, Perfectly, we can set up the conditions and the social relationships to be really safe. I mean, we can do degrees of it for sure. But it's interesting that classically, one of the functions of loving kindness practice uh, is to create a, a uh, is to create safety for the person who does, has that practice. And, and it's not a safety that's created because no one causes harm, but somehow it's like you have a shield, or you have a softness, or you have something where, where. Uh, uh, it, uh, you're not going to be harmed. Someone can say, you know, something bad about you, and when you feel the shield of loving kindness is strong, the bubble of it's not going to hit, it's not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, just the loving kindness itself is considered to be a safety. It's considered to be a strength. Whereas, I think some people consider kind of unconditional positive regard or just love, it's actually a kind of a weakness. It kind of makes you more vulnerable and more susceptible. And maybe that's not love. Maybe that's not the loving kindness or metta. Metta is meant to make you strong. And, that in, and in having that strength, you become safer. Miss Mary. In, in listening to everybody and from talking in our group, I think what I'm realizing is that for me, um, it's... It's making me feel safer with myself mm. and my own behavior. If I practice this, you know, and, and just really focus on, on taking responsibility for, for my behavior that creates that other behavior, and then just focusing on the, you know, the general goodness or the specific good qualities of that person, I then feel that I am a safer person to go out and, and interact with other people because I, I have a good foundation to, to know my limits or to know um, how to behave. I've already practiced 
a really loving way to behave. And so I can, I feel safer with me being out in the yeah. public. And, you know, if I can't do that, I, I just don't interact with people because I, <laughs> you know, I'm afraid I'm just going to get out there and spread. Bite, bite a head off. Right, <laughs> right. And, and just out of, uh, just out of, of allowing all that negativity to keep going or that ambivalence. You know, I may be in one moment feeling, oh, yeah, you know, sure, that was okay. And then the next minute, boom, you know, the meter is way on the other side. And I want to practice keeping that meter balanced balanced, so, so I can trust myself. So, so something about the, the loving-kindness practice then helps keep you at center. Right. Beautiful. Right. Great. So this is great. I loved hearing all this. I think there's more we can explore and discuss along this. I think it's a great thing. And uh, hopefully this gives you something to have discussions with with your friends during this month. Um, explore this further. Talk about it with people you can. Or, or you know, go, go up with total strangers. Say, you know, I took this class. And what do you think? So, um, okay, one more. And then we're going to take a quick break so we can finish I just remembered something from a discussion of Meta years ago, maybe when we were down at the Quaker Meeting House, and that uh, an adjunct to a supplement to doing the Meta practice for oneself would be asking, and what conditions do I ha- need to have, or what things do I need to change to bring about these? May I be safe? May I be healthy? Uh, may I live with ease. And that one in particular for me helped me change some expectations or um, try to live in a little bit less stress-filled way. And these were all the things that I could do, not that, you know. It's a great thing to say because uh, it's not just a matter of changing an attitude and just uh, floating on some good attitude, but uh, uh, we need to also change our behavior sometimes to make it aligned with what we're trying to do. Absolutely. Thank you. So let's take, uh, think we can take a 10-minute break. So it's now five minutes to three. So we'll come back at five minutes after three, and then we'll have 25 minutes left for the end. <laughs> 